0: Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I'm excited that you're here with us today. Let's gather around our Bibles again this morning and we'll dig into <coughs> excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1. This will be part 2 of this study in First Peter that we just began last Friday morning. So you're getting in on the, the ground floor, so to speak, in the early beginnings of this teaching. And we probably won't make it through First and 2 Peter before the Lord comes for us as I'm expecting him any moment. Hallelujah. And we need to live with that expectation that he's coming today and also that he might not come for 100 years. Uh, Because we have to be ready today and we have to also be learning uh, to allow him to equip us uh, for the days ahead and to prepare us even more so for his coming for us whenever that might be. And a couple of, of announcements before we dig into the word this morning. Uh, One of those is that this Sunday, this coming Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m., we'll be beginning a new broadcast titled Cross Examination. I'll have uh, some guests with me, Evangelist Chris Jones, Pastor Patrick Hatter, and some other good fellows here from Crossway Church uh, will sit in with us, and uh, we're going to start doing that once a month. Uh, again, the broadcast is titled Cross-Examination, where everything is viewed and, and uh, looked at through the blood of Jesus. And we just believe it. That has to be the case. And uh, we lear- we have learned and are still learning that is the case. And we're so thankful for that. So join us for the new broadcast beginning this Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time, cross-examination, and we'll be doing that once a month, and pretty soon we'll have it set in concrete as far as which Sunday that will be, and we'll try our best to do it that Sunday every month. Also, I will be with Robin, my wife and I will be, going to Toledo, Ohio, to be with Pastors James and Michelle Rieger there in Toledo and we're excited about that. That's just going to be a couple of weekends away from right now. And the Peace family will be traveling and and they will be there with us also Uh, So uh, doing some of the music. So if you're anywhere in the area of Toledo, Ohio, then I want to encourage you to come on out and be a part of the meetings. They'll be there at uh, uh, Pastors James and Michelle Rieger's church there. And uh, we'll get you more information on that. If you want more information on that, please uh, message me on Facebook <clears throat> or email me at curtishutchinson at att.net. And we'll get that information to you. But we're just excited about going uh, to another church the Lord has established and he is establishing and raising up with the focus of the Lamb of God, slain from before the foundation of the world, manifest in the flesh, our God to take away our sins. Hallelujah. That makes God's word the light that it is to us. And I'm really excited about going and being with our brothers and sisters there in Toledo and the others who drive in and be a part of the great fellowship there as this is what God is doing in these last few moments. He's not doing a lot of what everybody thinks he's doing. He's bringing his church back to the gathering place, which is the cross of Christ, where we we are learning to participate by faith in that death, to taste of his death daily, that our declaration might be the same as the psalmist's, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. So if you can, I'll see you in Ohio in a couple weeks, and don't forget about the afternoon broadcast this Sunday afternoon, cross-examination. Praise the Lord. Chapter 1, 1 Peter, and I just have to believe today during the sharing of God's Word, during the declaration of the truths of His wonderful words that He will touch our hearts today, possibly even touch a physical body or a mind or something within our hearts that will trigger a move of God as we allow Him through our faith To do great and mighty things. Let us just believe God's word today as it is in truth. And I know he's going to do something great. Amen. I believe that or I really wouldn't be here just to be reading the Bible or talking about the word of God. Something must take place in a Bible study. or, Or we've just wasted time. The Lord himself is with us when we gather. The Lord himself is the one who must show us the truth and guide us into the truth, impart the truth, and build us in the truth, and, and flow through us through the truth into other people's lives. It must be him. Hallelujah. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, let's read. Uh, verse 1 and then we'll flow into verse 2 this morning again and then possibly verse 3. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect, he's writing to these who've been scattered, these Christians of what has been known as the great Dispersion, or I hope I'm saying that right. The exiles in dispersion, they became followers of Christ, and and their families said, "You're no longer our families. You're no longer wanted here, and so we casting you out." And so they they they, they would kick them out, and tell you're not even Jews anymore. It just if you become a Christian, a follower of Christ, they hated Christ. They thought he was a blasphemer. Even though 3,000 may have got saved on the day of Pentecost, 90-something percent of all Israel rejected Christ as the Savior, and that remains to be their devastating mistake even unto this moment. Even though Jews are still being saved, they will all be saved when Jesus comes for them in that precise moment right before Satan is allowed to climb up high on his ladder once again and believe that he's finally going to win. The Lord, once again, as he always does, kicks the ladder out from under. Neath the devil's feet. uh, And there he is in the mully grubs again. He he can't win for losing. While God's people can't lose for winning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you Lord. Watch verse 2 now. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through sanctification of the Spirit. And obedience. Unto obedience rather. And sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, is, before we move on into uh, really the gold mine here and the depth of this to some degree, uh, let's go back and try to remember uh, before we move away from the initial uh, and the beginning of Peter's writings of, of how it was that Peter was even called how it was that that he came to be a disciple and apostle of Jesus Christ. And if you read the book of John in the first chapter, you see that his brother Simon, I'm sorry, his brother Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. And Andrew was there the day that John proclaimed Jesus as the Lamb of God. You can read this in John chapter 1. Uh, Take a note, and when we're done, you can go and, 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 and recover these things, recapture these things, and let the Holy Spirit just bring great excitement and joy to your heart as you learn these things. But Andrew was really the first one, I believed, as he was an apostle, uh, or rather not an apostle, he was a disciple of John the Baptist. And and he was there, as I said, the day that John proclaimed Jesus as the Lamb of God. And Andrew ran and found his brother Simon Peter and told him, we found the Christ. And you can read this in John chapter 1 again. And and, and that in and of itself lets us know that the, the, these folks knew the ones at least who were looking for the Savior, looking for the Messiah, expecting him according to the scriptures and would accept him according to the scriptures, they knew what Jesus was talking about uh, when he talked in John 6 about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, about him being the bread that came from heaven. They knew what he meant because as John proclaimed Jesus as the, the Lamb of God, Andrew runs and tells Simon Peter, his brother, "We found the Christ. We found the Messiah." And but it wasn't uh, that at that point that they just uh, sold out and just let everything go and followed him. It would be at some point. Whether we don't, I don't know if it was that afternoon, the next day, the next week. But at some point, Jesus came walking by both of those brothers, helping their father with the nets this story is found in Mark and Jesus walked by and obviously they had already heard of him and met him but they didn't at that earlier point just drop everything and follow him but this account they did when Jesus walked by and said follow me and I'll make you fishers of men and the Bible says straightway they dropped their nets and took off but it, it's a wonderful thing to, to to see these things in the scriptures that you know Andrew heard John the Baptist point at Jesus and declare him as the Lamb of God, and 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 then runs and tells his brother uh, Simon Peter, and you know and and you know I find it most interesting that you know Andrew, although the first one uh, to to really. Uh, recognize other than John the Baptist, at least according to the word, uh, as far as being a disciple, uh, but, he, but he never wrote anything. You know, there's not a book or a letter from Andrew because God does things so uh, wondrously according to that which pleases him, according to his own infinite wisdom and good pleasure. And we don't understand most of that if we'll just be honest. We don't understand why God didn't do this, didn't use them, won't use me in that way, and why he's using them. We don't we don't understand all that but and we never could because we're not God you have to know everything and be everywhere and have all power to construct all things and 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 and, and be able to to deal with every situation at every moment to to to, to do what God does and and he everything touches everything there there, there there are people who are who are moved by other people who never n- even know that they're moved by their their faithfulness to the Lord and 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 just all God is is so listen we don't really even have words to describe our enormous God the only words we have to describe him are the words he's given us to describe him so that in and of itself should make every child of God latch a hold of the Word of God and desire to know Him more because He's given us His Word when we live by every word that proceeds out of His mouth. And and we should want to know Him more, not just say it, but grab the Word of God and, and allow Him, the Word of God, to grab our hearts. And And, and so it's just a wonderful, wonderful... Uh, way of life it's the only true way of life is to be found walking in the light of God's word in his name is Jesus amen but verse 2 says that that God's people are elect that means we've been elected by God's grace it's according to the foreknowledge not the forepicking uh, but God foreknew something, and what God knew beforehand was what God saw beforehand, and what He saw was all those who would believe in Christ, and that's a very important phrase. Uh, to He 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 foreknew all those who would believe in Christ. Romans chapter eight tells us this same great truth that He foreknew those. Who would be predestinated? Those who would be glorified eventually in Christ, but those those who would choose to believe in the Son He sent and would be found. Get this now: God only for knew those who would be made conformable unto the death of his son. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, 29, and 30. Read those. Now, God only foreknew those who would be being made conformable unto his son's death because his son's death is the in Christ place, the the chosen place. God has nowhere else that he chooses us except in Christ. So when we see that the people of God are elect, that means they're those that he's elected by his grace according to what he knew beforehand. And this is the foreknowledge of God the Father, the one that sent his son. And let me say this morning, you have to believe uh, that God the Father sent his son, God the Son, and that God was manifest in the flesh, first Timothy three sixteen, John chapter one, verses one and two and verse Fourteen, the Word who is God became flesh. You have to believe, even if you believe that Jesus is God, that He's deity, but if you don't believe he, he, he came literally in the flesh, if you just believe He was a spirit, then you're not saved. Because the only way you can be saved is if you believe that Jesus became That Jesus is the Son of God and that he came from heaven, the Bible teaches that, to become a man, to pay the price for the sins of man, to take our sin away. Hallelujah. He had to do that as a man because a man is who was guilty. Men, we couldn't pay the price For our own sin, because we were, what were we? What eliminated us from being uh, able to pay the price or able to fix what was broken? We were dead in our sins and trespasses. And a dead man not only can't fix anything, a dead man can't do anything but be dead and experience the fruits of that death, which is sin. So God had to send His Son in the likeness of man, in the likeness of our flesh, where He took part of the same. He didn't have a sin nature. He only took part of the same. And He went to Calvary's cross after He lived a sinless life, His sinless life, and His only doing what He heard the Father say only doing what he saw the Father doing, only hearing what he saw the Father saying, that, my friend, was the mold of the cross of Christ. His sinless life is what shapened the mold of Calvary so that he could, as the sinless sacrifice sent by God, Go and take my sin and your sin away. He took it away from you, and he took it away from you. It's like a double cure. He took it from you, and he took it away from you. My goodness, that's good news. He took sin, the guilt, the condemnation, the fear, the shame, and everything. He took it away from you. And he took it in the other avenue of thought away from you. You know, there's one thought there. He took it away from me, but he took it away from me. As far as the east is from the west, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, he cast our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Glory be to God, and he'll never condemn those who are in Christ. But let's look at this. If you're a Christian, you've been elected by God, by his grace, through your believing, through faith. Remember, we're saved by grace through faith, and truly it's the grace that came with Jesus Christ. When he, Moses was brought on the scene, the Bible says, with the law, but Christ came with gr- full of grace and truth. But we still had to believe. We're not robots. God didn't choose anybody to go to hell and some to go to heaven. No, before everything was ever set in motion, God looked at everything as he does at every moment and he saw those who would choose to believe and he foreknew those back to that he, he he knew them before it was ever set in motion you didn't exist then like some people have tried to tell me uh, but, but you you did exist in the mind of God. Because he's, if God is mindful of anything, that means it's always been on his mind because he can never have a new thought. If God has a new thought today, that means yesterday there was something that was absent in his mind, something he didn't know, and that's not the God we serve. He knows everything at all times that has, is, or will ever be right now. See... Only as the book of Hebrews teaches, by faith we understand these things. (laughs) Outside of faith, we don't understand anything of God. But thank God for faith. But we're saved by grace, elected by grace through faith, and really it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave Himself. Both are of Christ. He tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. And He's the one also that loved us and gave Himself through faith, so that as we choose to believe in Him, we receive the measure God deals to us, the measure of that faith, Romans 12, 3, and 1 Peter 1 and 20, or 2 yeah, 1 Peter 1 and 20, where we've, uh, no, it's 2 Peter 1 and 20. Let's look over there at that while we're mentioning that, if I can get this thing uh, rolling. 2 Peter 1 and 1, I'm sorry, yes, 2 Peter I want to show you something this morning. Now, Romans chapter 12 verse 3 tells us God has dealt to all of us the measure of faith. Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 that he's a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained, he's writing to Christians again, who else is it written to? No one, just saints of God. To them that have obtained like precious faith the same faith Peter had is the same faith we have it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ Paul said in Galatians 2:20 that's the faith we live by the faith of the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us but watch very carefully as Peter says here again second Peter chapter 1 verse 1 that that we've obtained this like precious faith also Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one avenue. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in His sinless life, becoming our sin bearing offering, is the avenue of righteousness. There's not a second. There's not a second. It's the only avenue of righteousness where we're initially made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through our acceptance of Him as God's Son and the Lamb of God to take away our sin. But it's also our our daily avenue of bearing forth the fruits of righteousness as we keep the same faith we began with, faith in the sacrifice and allow the Holy Spirit through that faith to teach us all the Word of God so that faith can come from Hearing the word of God properly, Romans 10, 17, but its only avenue is righteousness. And some might get confused here, but there's no need to. The cross of Christ, uh, Christ is our Lord of righteousness. And he only offers and imputes that righteousness to those who come to him by way of the cross and initially were born again, justified, declared righteous in him and robed in robes of righteousness, sent in the path of righteousness by God, initially in the same twinkling of an eye that we were freed from sin, Romans 6, 17, and 18, we were made servants of righteousness so that we could bear forth the fruits of our God, of our salvation, of his righteousness from every day. Luke in 1, and 75 tells us that now we've been delivered from the enemy and now we can every day of our life, Serve God in righteousness and true holiness without fear. Hallelujah. Somebody grab a hold of that today. If, if, if God is able to bring, and He is doing it, and, and, and hopefully the numbers are growing, bringing His people back from a place of spiritual death back to the place of their first love, the place of where He can lead them in the paths of righteousness, where they're learning that all His words are in righteousness, uh, Proverbs eight and eight, but and they have to be because faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word can only come through the avenue of righteousness. This is why we, we, you and me and all of God's people. need to be learning to love what God has put on the table for us to be hungry and thirsty for, and that's His righteousness so He could fill us and so He could guide us into His righteousness, His righteous paths more and more. Hallelujah. But I wanted to share that with you because uh, we have been elected by grace through faith, both of them point to Christ because he's the one who came full of grace and truth, declared himself to be truth, and, and went to the cross, tasted death for us there so that that truth, through the great, by the grace of God, could make us free from our sin. So God foreknew, God the Father foreknew those But listen, who would be elected by grace, but look, it shows how this would happen through sanctification of the Spirit. You see, Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says that that we were immersed into the death of Christ. Those that have been baptized into Christ have been immersed into, baptized into His death. This is the operation of the Spirit of God at the new birth. This is us initially becoming sanctified by the Spirit. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, the Bible tells us that Jesus was made unto us sanctification, along with three other things, righteousness, wisdom, and redemption. But sanctification is one of those things that Jesus was made unto us. So we can't participate in this experiential sanctification Even though we've been sanctified, the Bible tells us uh, as we read in the book of Thessalonians that we should, every man should be learning how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And and so sanctification is what happened to us in the born-again experience, which means we were set apart as God's holy people, but we also need to learn to live in the Spirit, which is the experience of what we received at the born-again experience. And we'll see that comes to that. Look at verse 5, if you will, here in 1 Peter. Uh, chapter 1, where Peter writes that we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. If we're living according to the power of God, it's going to be through faith, and it's always going to be unto the fruit of our salvation in Christ Jesus. So we have to know that. I mean, a lot of people can go to church, but that don't mean it's necessarily the fruit of their salvation. Lost people sit in church. There are ministers who are yet to be saved, and that's sad, and I hope that's not too big a number uh, there to look at, but the numbers are massive, massive, and far beyond just the word majority when it comes to ministers not knowing truth, such as we've spoken this morning, that faith can only come through the righteous avenue. All God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And if you're listening to me this morning and you're not sharing these things that you're hearing, you need to pray about that. You need to pray about that, you know, because... A lot of folk in the church, a lot of God's people think they're hearing, but they're not hearing. And, and faith is not coming if it doesn't come through that righteous context. Faith doesn't come by reading. Faith comes by hearing. And the hearing avenue is through faith in the sacrifice. Read Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Uh, read the book of Galatians, and you'll see that hearing takes place through faith in the cross, which God equates to being obedient to the truth. And here we see that. Watch here in verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience to and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, the the participation through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope that you're learning, not very many are, but I hope that you are learning that you have to participate daily in the death of Jesus to be able to daily experience the life of Jesus. You see, the message of the cross really came rushing back into the church some 25 years ago through Brother Swaggart in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, and a time of desperation and brokenness is really the, the, the place where God offers that revealing of His covenant. Psalms 25 14 says that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He shows them His covenant. And and, and when God finds a desperate and a broken heart He begins to reveal His covenant to them because that is His answer for a desperate and broken heart and he doesn't have a second option. That's his answer. And some twenty five years ago, this message of the cross began to penetrate and come into the church again. And I heard it and and I and I didn't like it, but but because I was caught up in all sorts of false things. That's the only reason Men and women in the church don't want to hear about it Because they're following some false way If you don't want to hear about the cross You don't want to hear God's word in the context of the cross Believe this today Faith is not coming when you think it is Faith can only come through the righteousness of God And our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend And that means every day But we cannot let this message of the cross, (coughs) which is so typical down through the ages, come rushing in by the Spirit where it finds our broken hearts and desperate hearts like He found the Apostle Paul, like He found Brother Swaggart, like He found you and me. We cannot allow this great truth to dwindle down. Now, what happens after we die and we are gone and we're with the Lord is out of our hands. But what is in our hands now is that we carry this great gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, this great truth of more than salvation and entrance into the kingdom, but this walk of daily participating, tasting of the death of Jesus, that we daily show forth the death of Christ in us, that we might present the life of Christ to others because we only can grow through our participation in God's avenue of growth and transformation, which is the way of the cross. Jesus taught it, self is your problem, and the answer is self being denied through Taking up your cross daily, and it's not just daily, my friend. It's moment by moment by moment. It ain't waking up and saying the cross or uh, thanking God for the cross. It's learning to be a good soldier, to endure hardness that is in your face all day long, every day long. And most of what causes that hardness is our own self-love, self self-control, self, self, self. And Jesus said the absolute only answer for it, it's not going away, you're not going to shut its mouth, but you can deny its control and its leadership and its bondage if you'll take up your cross, which means to keep your faith In the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. So he he foreknew those that would be elected by grace. God the Father foreknew before everything was set in motion. He foreknew those that would be elected by grace through sanctification. Through the setting apart. The making holy of the Spirit would have to be involved. Jesus, even what He did on Calvary's cross, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, was done through the eternal Spirit. Jesus couldn't do what He did at Calvary As God, He had to take on flesh and bone, flesh and blood, and have a body like ours, taking part of the same to be able to die for the sins of humanity. And he had to be able to do it as a man led by the eternal Spirit of God, who is God, all the way to the shedding of his own blood under obedience and shedding of the blood of Jesus. This is what we've been elected through. The sanctification of the Spirit That's unto obedience. That's the obedience of Christ and the shedding of His blood. That all being what our faith is in, which allowed God's grace to elect us. Again, it's the grace of Christ. It's the faith of Christ. Those both are gifts unto us to the believing heart. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not God's will that any Should be lost. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. I'm just quoting scripture to you. God didn't choose some to go to hell. God chose hell would be the place all those would go that didn't choose him. For in our believing and trusting in God through faith in the son he sent. Is where God chose us and elected us. Let's look back at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 4 this morning where the Bible says according as he has chosen us in him always speaks of the death of Jesus. That's where we were crucified with him through our belief upon him and the holy spirit immersed us into his death romans 6 3 you weren't immersed into christ by a water baptismal tank you were immersed into his death through faith in his death that's why the apostle paul could say i'm crucified with christ Hallelujah. He represented me there to such a degree that my trust and dependence upon Him and what He did there for the removal of my sins allowed me now to be baptized, immersed into Him, becoming one with Him in crucifixion and He died for me, I died with Him, hallelujah. And from that point on, right there on Calvary's cross, uh, wherever Christ is, there I am, buried with Him, raised to newness of life with Him, resurrection power. But it doesn't stop there. I've even been raised up to sit uh, in heavenly places with Him, hallelujah. Just as sure as I'm crucified with Him, Buried with Him Raised to newness of life with Him I'm seated with Him in heavenly places At the right hand of God my Father in heaven Hallelujah to the Lamb Isn't that good news? And all that can be a reality in your life In the Spirit All of it based on what you do With the cross of Christ Daily today in your heart As you again today believe with the heart unto righteousness and the mouth will begin to speak as psalms 116 verse 10 and second corinthians four, thirteen, tell us that's true biblical faith as as we believe therefore we speak hallelujah that's why a lot of speaking that which is false has taken place because we're not speaking God's words in their righteous context. We have to first believe God's words in righteousness, which means through that righteous avenue being Christ, our righteous Lord, and His righteous work taking place on Calvary's cross. Get that now. The work of righteousness is peace. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness is peace. Colossians 1 and 20 tell us Jesus made our peace by the blood of the cross. Therefore the work of righteousness was the shedding of the blood of Jesus. His work in death for the destroying of the devil's works and the the justifying us through that precious blood. But it says there through the prophet Isaiah not only is the work of righteousness peace, But the effect of that righteousness is quietness and assurance of soul. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we have to believe all of God's Word. We have to continue to believe with the heart unto righteousness. It's a righteous path He leads us on. As He's able to guide us into truth, He that speaks truth, Proverbs 12 and 17, shows forth righteousness. Did you get that? He that speaks truth that's the Holy Spirit, shows forth righteousness. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth guiding us into all truth is keeping us on the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. My goodness, this is good. But watch this, Ephesians 1 and 4. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy, there's where sanctification comes in because sanctification, really, an aspect of it is being set apart as God's holy people, sanctified, holy, hallelujah. And without blame before Him, no more condemnation in love (laughs) because all that He's done for us is is rooted in the love He had for us and has and will always have for us. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that so beautiful? And what I've spoken to you this morning concerning righteousness and the avenue of faith and the path, these things must be known. They must be known. They don't have to be able to theologically be described, but they need to be. Why? So that we can... Rest assured when we're under attack that we are on the path of God's righteousness. That His Word in righteousness is what allows His Word to be a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Because it is our righteousness in Christ that's been made unto us our light. Is that not right? I believe that's right. Isn't that Psalms 37 and 6? Let's look at it together since we're gathered around God's Word this morning. Psalm 37 and verse 6 says, And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your judgment, which is righteous judgment, as the noonday. <laughs> this is why the, 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 the writer, Solomon, writes in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. That the path of the just, let me say it, the path of the righteous shall shine more (laughs) until that perfect day. Hallelujah. When you begin to love righteousness, my friend, you're going to then really understand what it means to love God's Word. Woo! Hallelujah. Those who are crying out to know God more and they're hungering for more of God... If it's truly, if it's true in their heart what they're crying out to God for, he sees where it's real and he sees where it's just talk. And where it's real, where there's a real fear of the Lord there, what we call a hunger for God, he's going to show us that to hunger for him means we're hungering and thirsting for his righteousness. And we're learning as we learn to love his righteousness through which he's promised to pour out his oil of gladness upon us. And if we learn to hunger and thirst for his righteousness, he will fill us. And and if we seek his righteousness, his kingdom, his righteousness before all things, then he will add everything to our lives that we have need of. It's all through righteousness. And I know that's not what we're teaching today but it plays a part in everything because His righteousness is the key, I believe, with all my heart. God's righteousness is the key that unlocks all the mysteries of God's Word. Jesus is our Lord, our King of righteousness. And He's given us the keys of the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Those things that the cross alone affords us experience of every day. To be able to bind and loose with the keys we've been given requires the knowledge And the participation of the way of Calvary. The tasting of that death. The participation of that death. So that our participation can be in the Spirit and truly in our hearts. having No matter what's going on out here. The experience of the very life of Christ. This is my friends how we lay hold on eternal life is by being made conformable unto the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where we found our first love. That's where we were declared and made righteous. That's where we began our walk in righteousness, our serving God in righteousness. And we need to remember these things. So, back to 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's read it now again, verse 2. We've been elected according to what God knew beforehand. God the Father knew these things beforehand, but His knowing them... Is Again, I have to say this, it's not God choosing some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. God chose heaven to be the place His people would all be gathered to uh, while we await a new heaven and a new earth. But hell is what He created and chose, not even really for men, but for the devil and all those cohorts of His but it's enlarging itself because men are rejecting God. And, but he didn't choose men to go to hell. He chose hell as the place to be where all those would be who reject him. But he didn't decide who would reject him and who would choose him. He decided what he would do with those who did either of the two. To think that God made someone to go to hell and suffer torment that's unspeakable for all eternity is not a God of love. And we know that's not the case because the Bible says God has no intention. He didn't create anybody. It's not His will that anybody should perish but that all should come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son. And Bible believers believe that. And there are a lot of people who are confused about what the Bible said, but we don't have to be confused about what God has said because He's told us He's not the author of confusion. If we see it all through His marvelous love, Of what he did on Calvary's cross. And we realize that's where it was done. That's where the works were finished. There. On the cross. Even before the foundation of the world. Then our understanding through proper faith. See we understand these things through faith. That's found in Hebrews chapter 11. We understand through faith. If our faith is not proper, then we don't understand. Isn't that kindergarten? But that's fact. If our faith is not properly placed in Christ and Him crucified, then it's not proper biblical faith, and there can be no proper understanding. Therefore, when we try to do anything by faith, it's not being done right because the spirit of truth operates according to the spirit of truth of faith, which is a biblical context that we need to talk more about. But he says that we he's writing to us too. This letter is not just to dispersed Christians in that day. You, don't ever listen to anybody that tells you, well, that was for those Christian Jews who were dispersed, and it's not really specifically to us. It is specifically the Word of God to me. And that's why I'm so blessed, because I believe God's word was written with me in mind. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't just die for some, he died for all. He didn't just write his word for some, he wrote his word so all could be saved through the knowledge of his word that points us to Calvary, and so that we could all be led and live By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. But we've been elected according to what God the Father foreknew through the sanctification of the Spirit. And what He foreknew, get this now, is based on what He did before the foundation of the world, which is what? Offer His Son. The Lamb, the Bible says, Revelation 13, 8, 1 Peter 1.20, was slain before the foundation of the world. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Because when God laid out His strategic plan, which has always been laid out to Him, he saw that he would have to give his son for the salvation of souls of men that he would create and give free choice to. See, free choice is what messed us, is, is the avenue through which it's not free choice, but it's choosing wrong because we had choice. But thank God for that free choice. That'll be one of the greatest torments in hell for all eternity uh, for those who end up there in the lake of fire is that they knew that they're Choosing not to believe in Christ was even a gift they had of, from God to be able to make that choice. Oh, but all oh, the greatest blessings are for those who use that freedom of choice to choose Christ. And that's what God foreknew. There, way! <laughs> and there's really no certain place back there because what God foreknew... He always knew. See, we can't really deal with, we can't cope, fathom with that. It's through faith. What God knows today, He's always known. What God foreknew doesn't mean a certain place in time. Back, No, forena- the foreknowledge of God is a forever knowledge of God. We need, we, the only way you can understand that is by faith. So, watch this again now. There's so much here. You can keep repeating this, and it never gets old. And every time you repeat it and go through it, the Holy Spirit adds to it. We've been elected by grace through what God foreknew. God the Father foreknew, and after this, he tells us what it is. He saw what it is that allowed him to foreknow <coughs> that through sanctification, through the setting apart of the Holy Spirit in the life of those who've been elected by grace, because that's what we're elected by, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death He tasted of by grace for us. Unto obedience, and this is talking about Jesus and His obedience and the shedding, the sprinkling of the blood of Christ, and then there's a colon there, and my goodness, I hope you've gotten this from this ministry before. If not, listen carefully. Where there's a colon in the scripture, the colon means get ready to hear the expounding or a deeper revelation, illumination of what was just said. And look at what he says after the colon grace unto you. <laughs> Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Who? Grace and peace be multiplied to who? Those that God foreknew that would be elected by grace. Through sanctification, being set apart (coughs) on Calvary's cross in Christ, trusting in that finished work, hallelujah. Hallelujah through the shedding of his blood, his obedience. We're to bring every thought captive unto his obedience. And if we don't, those thoughts that we don't take captive unto his obedience are going to bring us back under some obedience we don't want to be found. We either capture moment by moment the thoughts that come and try to get us off track and cause us to look a different way or those thoughts are going to carry us to a place we don't want to go. This is why we boast in nothing but Calvary's cross. This is why we grow more daily in our determination to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. They're not cute little Bible phrases. They're not just something we use to make it so listen. This is not a popular message we preach. This is a a message that's looked down upon even today by most of the church. This is the greatest time of apostasy the church has ever known. The spirit of Antichrist is in more of the church today than it ever has been before. And if you don't believe me, just take up your cross. You better have good tennis shoes on because you're going to be dodging stones by other Christians who refuse to take it up and to boast in nothing else and and to be determined to know nothing other, they're going to begin to blast you. The only ones doing that are the ones still stumbling over the cross instead of taking it up. Take it up, my friend, hallelujah. It's a place of death and suffering I'm talking about faith in the death of Jesus, fellowshipping in His sufferings. There's where we begin to know and experience the power of His resurrection as we continue to be made conformable unto His death. Then, as grace and peace is multiplied to us, and this is the place Peter, as he's writing this letter, burst out in praise and worship. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He just burst out in praise and worship as he pens this to you and me and those Jews of that day dispersed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Unto a lively hope. He gave us the the Garden of Eden. Put us there and gave us the whole earth. Uh, The Bible says in the book of Psalms. The heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to men. But we blew that. uh, And he he had to beget us again. Unto a lively hope in Christ Jesus. My goodness this has been good today. If you'd do me one favor. If this has been a blessing to you. It just... Hit the share button Listen, it, it don't matter that any if anybody knows who we are But they need to know what was said here today God's people need to know some of the things If not all of the things that were spoken here today And there is a hungry people of God There is a thirsty people of God But they need to learn what that means They need to learn what the meat and the drink really is And they need to learn this great truth of Calvary's cross To see every jot and tittle sprinkled with the precious blood of Jesus so that His grace and peace can be found being multiplied in their lives. God bless you. I love you and I appreciate you. All of those of you who are in our amen corner, those of you who are so financially into this ministry, God bless you. You are a part of this work and we praise God for every single one of you not being ashamed of this gospel, not being ashamed of to boast in nothing but the cross of Christ for you are an encouragement to us and we are uh, we we re, we rejoice with great joy when we hear of others who are walking in this great truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen, God bless you. Don't forget about the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Click on the store icon. All the commentaries that I have written are on there. And CDs, preaching CDs, teaching CDs and DVDs, whatever they're on there. Uh, CDs, I believe. And don't forget, the Lord stirs your heart. You can sow into the ministry through the website there. But you can also do that simply on your text phone, on your cell phone by texting the word give to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you and stay the course until we meet here, there, or in the air. Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you later. God bless you. Thank you.